our trip to the Premium Cigar Association trade show was a success. We came, we saw, we gambled, one of us won money. That's me! And we learned that the cigar industry is going to be okay for now. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and one of the cigars we got coming from Chad Ochocinco. We're talking about Chad Johnson, the former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, a star among stars. We're seeing celebrities get into the cigar game, and he is in it with 85 cigars, 80 number five cigars. Com. We had the chance to interview him. We'll bring you that interview in just a little bit. This is a Nicaraguan with an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper coming in. They call it, I believe it's called Laguito, L-A-G-U-I-T-O, six and a half by 56, which means it's six and a half inches long. T-E. Always makes fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 56, so that's the diameter of the cigar, or really how thick the cigar is around. T-E. Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. A little bit of oil on this cigar, almost a touch of, of grit, but really more in the pale brown, light brown, than anything darker. Something that you, you know, even for a Habano, came off a, a little bit lighter. But the cigar itself feels just right. I could actually go for a little more heft oh. if, if you were asking me. But it feels fine in the hand. I was going to say, it's got great hand feel. To me, it's got uh, a decent amount of beefiness. Uh, it, it, it feels really good in the hand. That weight, I thought, was just right. But, you know, to, to each their own, Tony. So this cigar is brand new. It's really new to the market. This is our first time uh, trying uh, the, the smoke. Now, I will tell you that, you know, in traveling from Las Vegas back to Indianapolis, Indiana, where we do the show at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com, when you're in Las Vegas, high heat, low humidity, your cigars can have a problem. And specifically, they can dry out quickly i'm dealing with a cracking issue that is absolutely not about the construction of the cigar as i see it i'm putting that all on to the travel but i'm having zero issue with the draw very very easy yeah nice easy pleasant draw i fortunately am having no issues even at the cut there's there's no cracking at the cap at all uh i i'm not seeing any issues with the wrapper so far uh, for me, Tony, I'm getting that l- little bit of pepper and spice uh, on the palate, as well as there's some leather and some wood. I'm not getting any sweetness off the stick so far. I think that wood, there's a bit of grassiness going on, almost almost a hay to it. The slightest bit of spice, these come out of the Dominican. This one, the El Patron, which is what we are smoking here, there are two different styles that 85 Cigars has, 80number5cigars.com. This uh, one here also comes in a Robusto. So it's a Robusto size, 5 by 50, and then uh, there is this 6.5 by 56 right here. Um, again, the, the draw is easy. The flavor is not I don't think this is an everyday flavor. You're looking for coffees, you're looking for chocolates, you're looking for a little bit of that that almost earthiness. I don't get that from here. I am getting those grasses as you discussed, those haze. There's a little bit of subtle spice that's building on uh, the, the the tongue. This isn't playing in some kind of big bold punch you in the face. 
there's a touch of nuance right from the light of the cigar that's starting to happen. Yeah, and also the the band is pretty as well. It's got a nice design to it, uh, classy. Uh, it's good to look at. To me, I'm not getting, uh, again, any sweetness off the this particular cigar. It's more leather wood for me and that, that lingering spice that is starting to build as we get into the first third. So there are more and more, as we said, celebrities getting into the cigar game. And certainly you've got athletes that are in, of course, Mike Ditka with, with Camacho. Ray Lewis has a, a, a his own cigar. You've got celebrities like Guy Fieri with the Knuckle Sandwich through Espinosa Cigars that have really done incredibly well. We see celebrities in the, in the liquor game, whether yeah. it's Ryan Reynolds, whether it's George Clooney, Snoop Dogg. There's a host of people. In the liquor game, you don't necessarily have to bring the flavor. All you have to bring is the marketing. In the cigar game, the marketing might get somebody to buy it. The name might get someone to buy it. To smoke it on the regular, you have to deliver. It's a much different ballgame. And that's where the risk is. Celebrity makes it attractive, gives it a lot of pop, a lot of pizzazz. You have to be able to smoke it. What I am stunned by is that this cigar isn't trying to be bigger than it is. It is actually giving a couple of those... The, it's it's a much different way to play it. I love wood in, in, in the cigar. I love those cedars. And cedar, I think, is what I'm getting here. I love those grasses and, 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 and haze that happened. I would love to see, and I'm looking forward to, whether or not this brings a couple of coffee notes. We're right now in the first third of this cigar. You want to grab your notebook. What'd you eat today? What'd you drink today? We got a humid day in Indianapolis, Indiana. All that's going to play with your palate. Then... Break it up into thirds. Take a look at the cigar. First third, second third, and final third of the cigar. And then take your flavor notes. And how is that going to change? I'm curious if we're going to start getting a bit of a coffee feel in, or maybe a bit of an earthy feel into that second third. I'm curious how this is going to play. And they also have the uh, El Patron Bold Tony. Uh, That's the one with the Cameroon wrapper? Yes. So that's available if you want something a little bit uh, different. And, you know, you and I both are big fans of a Cameroon wrap. It would give a much different flavor profile would be my assumption. Yeah. You know, Cameroon is, is some, I'm a sucker. I am a sucker for the Cameroon. By the way, did you like how I hit that high note right there? I Once again, Tony, proving that really you were wasting your talents in radio when you could be the next lead singer of uh, Ben Folds 5. Oh, I'd be so good at it, too. I'd be world class. Uh, there. So, uh, my little bits of cracking issues, both at the cap end and at, at the foot. We, we did a straight cut on, on this. There's nothing else I would do. I'm putting that to the heat changes and yeah. the extremes of weather. That and that alone. It is so hard to, you know, they're, they're bringing the cigars to the show. And then you're getting the cigars and you're taking them back to your dry, hot hotel room for three days. Then you're packing them in a carry-on, traveling home with them, and it just puts a lot of stress on these cigars. I'm not, as you can see, Tony, I'm not having any issues at all. The question, Fingers Malloy, is, is this in your humidor? By the way, you can go to 80number5cigars.com and, uh, and find out where they are in a store near you. Or I think I think you can actually purchase them from the website. I think you can actually yes. do it. Fingers Malloy, is this in your humidor? 
at $13.99 a stick. Well, actually, they sell for $14.99 on the website, so we'll go with that. $14.99, I believe, is the price of, of this cigar. I'm a, a big fan of Chad Johnson. Uh, I would probably have one or two of these in my humidor. I'm going to be very interested to see uh, what the Cameroon is like. Uh, but we're, we're in the first third, but that's where I'm at. I like the price point. He's letting you know that it's not the everyday. He's not breaking your bank. It's actually a very smart move. The 85 cigars, the El Patron, the Guito number six. Check it out for yourself. Tell us what you think. So many interviews to bring you from the Premium Cigar Association trade show. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Don't forget our new book, Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. It was actually the talk of the PCA trade show. Nobody wants to talk cigars, Fingers Malloy. Well, everybody wants to talk cigars at the Premium Cigar Association trade show. But when you've got people who also want to talk barbecue, that's what they want to talk about They didn't even talk cigars. Let me try this again, Fingers. They didn't even want to talk about cigars, Fingers Malloy. I thought you, with us, because we are uh, pitmasters extraordinaire. Only want to talk about Let's Go Barbecue. Available at Amazon.com. Buy the book. Give it a five-star review. Uh, great time. And we have a lot of stories to bring from it. A lot of insights as as well. But the conversation with Chad Ochocinco and 85 Cigars. Uh, first, you got to understand how on the ground you have to be. You cannot bring a cigar to market in a lofty way. You cannot have an aerial assault. You have to be boots on the ground. And so there, amongst all the booths, all the cigar manufacturers, there's Chad Johnson. Smoking a cigar, sunglasses on the whole time. Uh, the the Nike uh, Panda Lowe's, uh, he, he had the whole style, the whole fit, and he was talking. And some, one of his guys stopped us. Yeah. We were just walking. Like, hey, what do you guys do? We're eat, drink, smoke. He's like, oh my God, we love eat, drink, smoke. I don't know if he did, but that's what he said. He's like, do you want to talk to Chad? I'm like, we absolutely want to talk to Chad. So in, in it was a very, very good uh, conversation to have with him. And we were checking out his website and fingers, uh, you're absolutely right. They're doing a lot of smart, creative stuff. 80number5cigars.com. Very smart stuff. I think you've got someone who knows that he is a celebrity and he may be bringing in new cigar smokers for the first time who are Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson fans. And so he's got a whole section on just cigars 101, how to cut a cigar, how to light a cigar, five tips for finding a cigar lounge. The list goes on and on with a lot of great information for cigars, uh, for, for people who have never really tried cigars before to gently bring them in. As we were saying, and it's so important you can't fake this. In the end, the product has to deliver or no one's buying. They'll buy a box because it was Chad Ochocinco. But will they buy a second? You got to have a product that delivers. And to your point, Fingers, you got to bring people into the world. You got to make them feel connected. You got to, you know, so many people listen to this show and get the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Because we're not doing that high-level grading. We're not right. attacking people. We're not trying to be bigger than we are. We're very much trying to bring people into the world. They did a really good job with this website, 80number5cigars.com, of bringing people in. And by the way, they're not a paid advertiser or anything like that. 
We're just sharing with you what it is we saw. So I was able to not sit down but stand up with Chad Ochocinco and talk about not only how long has he been doing cigars, why did he get into the cigar game, but what is he trying to bring to you? It's Chad Ochocinco, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the cigars, 85, we hear a lot of people jumping in from the sports world, from the celebrity world, into a lot of spaces. Right. Right? And you saw it in, in liquor, whether you're talking about Clooney and tequila, you're talking right. about Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and gin. Mm-hmm. In the cigar world, right. can you jump in and say, people know my name, they know my number, therefore they're going to buy my cigar? No. You really can't do that, but... With this, this is a passion of mine. Long before the idea of actually wanting to have a cigar line, I've been smoking cigars since 1990. Okay. That's all I've done. So, small backstory. Growing up, I wanted to be the cool kid. I'm from Miami. I'm from Liberty City, and I wanted to be. I wanted to fit in with everybody else, which is a problem that most of us had when we were young. And what happened was, is I couldn't walk in my mama's house smelling like weed. That ain't happening. I couldn't drink because if she smelled alcohol, she gonna throw me out. Right. My grandma. Had. So I said, what can I do? That would be okay that I see on TV where I still feel a part of the crowd, but I'm not doing what they're doing. And that's where cigars came in. And that's because it was Miami, right? Bingo. Absolute culture. So she couldn't say anything. It was culture. It was part of the culture. So 1990, I started smoking cigars. Had no idea what I was doing, but I still felt, felt like I was a part of the crowd. So you're a kid in 1990. What are you smoking? Like, what, what was your profile Back then? then? if I'm not mistaken, I was able to get Cohibas. Were they real in the 80s? They probably were. Right. They probably Maybe. were. They pro- they probably were. Um, so at that point, I'd been smoking for years to come, and six years ago, I'm like, you know what, Frank Christian, I had the vision of starting my own line, and here we are now. So I've been smoking long before the creation of a cigar even came about. So this is uh, made down in Pachardo, mm-hmm. uh, their, their factory there. Talk yeah. to me about this one here, the El Patron. Yes, the El Patron, the boss. I would like to consider myself in some ways, in some fortune, in some fashion, right. somewhat of a boss in, 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 in nature. And the experience of the El Padron and the Boa as well, people that don't smoke cigars. A lot of my fan base won't be people that have experienced a cigar before. So I wanted to have something mild, something nice, not too, not too peppery or not too strong that you can enjoy for your, your, your non-cigar smoker. So this, this is a Habano mm-hmm. right here? Um, this this, now this is a pretty big ring gauge. You're about yeah. 54 on that, I would say. You know 56? what's funny is I enjoy 60 and 70 ring gauges, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to overwhelm. Dude, I didn't want to overwhelm people. How, with such how is that a comfortable mouthfeel? It, it is for some reason. I have no idea. I have no idea why. I talked to a Frank recently about right. making me a, a, a six, maybe a 60 gauge nub because I just like I like the bigger gauge. For some a reason. 60 by four? Yeah. Yeah. So big, short, big, to the short, point, to the point. Our smoke in and out. What would you like to see when, when, when you think about the brand? Certainly, mm-hmm. you think uh, you know you people think Chad Ochocinco. Yeah. They think Chad Johnson. They think the the, the history there mm-hmm. uh, in football. That's a big brand. That's right. a big, powerful force. Yes, sir. On the field, is the objective to be the big, powerful force in cigars, or is there something more like I pinpoint think you're looking for? More. Probably the same. The product is going to sell itself. When I touch the feel on Sundays, you already knew what you were getting. Mm. So I want the same thing for my cigar my cigar brand to be the same. The name, my name is attached to it. Therefore, the product has to match the name that goes with it. And I have the right team, the right people around me to make that happen. Before I let you go, and I appreciate you taking the time, yes, where sir. can people find you online? 
Eight Loose. You can find me online, 85cigars.com. 85cigars.com. We got this right, 85cigars.com. And I'm going to ask, yeah. the Pandalos? Yeah, Pandalos, yeah. All right, just making sure. Yeah, Pandalos. Just making sure. Yes, they kept it low-key. Yeah, the cigar I mean, is big. The kick is low-key. Yeah, I, I, have, I have to be. Next year, I'm going to come in a suit. The bigger, listen, the bigger the presentation gets for us as we're, we're in the game a little longer, I have this vision. I'm, I'm looking at some of the big boys and some of the the, the boosts they have. Right. Like, I want to come in. I want to come in one year. I Give me two years. Give me two years. Booth, couches, lounges, you know, presentation, live band playing. Right. Cigar roller. Um, women you gonna be, around. You're going to be serving coffee? Am I going to be able to get yeah, a little? Gonna, let's say, like the whole, listen, I had this, this, this vision of, of, like, I was pure entertainment right. in the football world. Mm-hmm. I need that same thing to carry over into the cigar world. It needs to have the full picture. The full picture. Will it still be the lows? I'm going to be in a suit. I'm going to be in a suit. Told like you. you. It's like a before and after picture. Yeah. This is going to be him in two years. Just head full of hair and way overweight. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Pleasure. Oh, Thanks for thank taking the time. Pleasure, baby. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Chad Ojasenko. Another day, another story about a flight being diverted because of unruly passengers. When does it end? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy along with Tony Katz. Find our new book, Let's Go Barbecue. Delicious. Over at Amazon.com. Tony, a plane full of Las Vegas-bound passengers ended up being diverted to Denver International Airport earlier this week after a fight broke out. Involving some passengers. That wasn't our flight. It wasn't our flight. Our flight was fi- uncomfortable, but our flight was fine. <sighs> do, do, do we even start to talk about our flight experience? Going to Vegas and then returning from Vegas. Well, there was so much to go over. Let's talk about what happened in the fight first, and then we can get into our the travel back. Oh, that's a story. So a Frontier Airlines flight left Philadelphia around 10.30 p.m. Tuesday. was scheduled to arrive in Vegas at 8.40. Uh, the plane deviated to Denver. Two passengers traveling together were deplaned and met by uh, Denver police. Uh, apparently, they just started arguing and fighting, uh, loud arguing. And a flight attendant approached them three times to stop the argument. And, end up, and they did end up moving one woman to a different seat, but it didn't stop, and so they had to divert the, f- the flight. So, I, I am bothered beyond compare by what happens on flights, and I absolutely believe that if you cause a problem on a flight, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Learn, learn how to drive to wherever it is you want to go. No airline should have to put up with your nonsense. Take that back. None of the passengers should have to put up with your nonsense. But the airline is something different. And this is the story of how we flew home. And what we experienced at the Las Vegas airport. I can't believe that Las Vegas allows this garbage to happen. They should be outraged. They should be up in arms. Fingers Malloy and I have an early morning flight. It's a 6 a.m. flight. We get a text TSA recommends because of people flying out this then you get there three hours early three hours early all right all right so we're talking 3 a.m. yeah we have to be at the airport at 3 a.m. so one of us didn't go to bed that night I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess which one of us didn't go to bed that night I thought it was both of us you, 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 you I never slept you know oh boy I never slept which no. makes for a pleasant flight back I was a treat damn it 
We get to the airport. First, you have to do a self-check-in. They don't have people to do check-ins anymore. You got to go to the kiosk. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then the tag comes out. You're now tagging your own bags. Yes. So you're checking yourself in. You're tagging your own bags for a ticket that you paid more for than ever before. You're getting less service. Your frustration level is starting to rise. You haven't even gotten to TSA yet. Yeah, because you're not putting those tags on every day. So that experience in itself is a little tricky. I, I had to redo mine at least once flying out. Because you got to get it. If you don't have it just right, uh, they will stop you and you'll have to redo it. So that's no picnic. You then, you usually go bring your bag. And uh, they check your ID, and they put your bag, they weigh it, and they put your bag on the conveyor belt, and off it goes. Oh, no. Not in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, they've got these machines, and you put the bag on the machine, and it looks at the bag, and it weighs the bag, and then you got to take your ID and put it on a scanner and look into a, a, a camera that's then checking your face and matching it to your ID. They took people out of it. And now you've got the machine. There were eight machines. Only one of them was actually getting people through. In every other machine, they had to have helpers helping with this, helping with that. This wasn't working. That wasn't working. And the airline uh, uh, there, the, the, the associates, the people, they weren't friendly as, at all. The people on our flights were super friendly. The people there were awful. Yeah. Barking orders at passengers at 3.30 in the morning. It's like the TSA's attitude has rubbed off on airline employees, at least this particular crew at 3 a.m. at the Las Vegas airport. So my your ID actually scanned you. Yeah. My ID did not scan me. Do it again. I did it again. Hit retry, do it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not working. Hit retry. I hit retry and finally I just throw up my hands. I'm like, all right, we're done here. So the guy has to look at my ID and then manually let it let it happen. If they had just done that from the beginning, I'd already be at the gate. The frustration level is rising. Then you get to TSA. Never mind that the TSA, a government agency that's supposed to work for you, is yelling at you. Barking orders, stand here, do this, get your laptops out, take your shoes off, whatever it is they're screaming. TSA now has signs. You cannot be rude to TSA agents. It's a federal offense. You could treat me like I'm human garbage, but I can't tell you to say please. Be respectful, TSA. How we how, how we allow our elected representatives to get off the hook on how despicably we as Americans are treated at, airline, at, at airports is beyond belief. And the other problem with it, too, is the screening is not uniform throughout the entire country. You've got some airports where you don't have to take your electronics out. Some you do. And the, the airports where you do, for passengers that didn't have to take their electronics out beforehand on the, the flight to uh, Las Vegas, people are confused, uh, a little bit irritated that they have to do it. And rather than... Being kind and saying, I understand, you know, our airport is different than the airport you flew in. You get this rude person who at any time, if they have 
had a bad day, uh, have a little bug up their butt, they can ruin your flight home. So the service is subpar. The TSA is nasty. And you paid more for your ticket than ever before. I believe that this slow build of anger reaches a moment that where anything you could normally handle on a plane, people are no longer able to handle. And I want to put forth the theory that while I believe in personal responsibility and these people are incapable of handling their emotions, which is a whole other subject, the airlines and the TSA are responsible for what's happening on planes because they're setting the tone. And unfortunately, the people who bear the brunt of this frustration were the most delightful people of the entire trip, and that was the flight crew. They were great. They were absolutely fantastic. Couldn't have been kinder, couldn't have been nicer. But the thing that bothered me about that whole experience flying back, Tony, was it felt like the airline was was trying to say it was the TSA, and that was the reason why you had to show up three hours early. When the fact of the matter was... The check-in took longer. That We were in and out of TSA security in five minutes. It went pretty quick. Yeah, but the checking your bag was a complete disaster. There was a time we were standing in line for 15 minutes, and that line did not move. Not one person moved. And, all, and, and by the way, maybe it felt like 15 minutes. Maybe it was nine years. I don't recall <laughs> anymore. All because they're engaged in some technology increase that doesn't actually help. It didn't work. Sometimes you don't need that much technology. Sometimes you just got to get the people through. And the attitude that you give people when they arrive will dictate the attitude they have on the flight. The flight attendant should be upset with what's happening with the check-in, what's happening with TSA, because they are the ones dealing with the brunt of it. It ain't them. It's what's happening on the ground. This has to stop. It is It is obscene. It's almost like the flight crew has to de-escalate the frustration of people. That's why it feels like you're seeing more and more of the the jokey, funny announcements before you you take off. It's like, okay, we're trying to get everyone to calm down and remind them that they're either going home or they're going on vacation. I I don't know if it's going to be every airport. I don't know if this is going to be the way it is always. But I'm telling you, if we don't start saying something and start demanding better, we're going to keep getting treated worse and worse and paying more for the luxury of being treated worse worse and worse. This doesn't work. This is not a system that's tenable. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. You got to have a drink. You need a little Kentucky bourbon. Now, bourbon doesn't have to come from Kentucky. That is a myth. Fingers Malloy, it is not real. Like Bigfoot. Like the Chupacabra. Like the Chupacabra Bigfoot. You don't even know what the Chupacabra is, do you? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, a, a dish with uh, risotto and scallions. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is non-myth understander Fingers Malloy. <laughs> this is Kentucky Vintage Bourbon, the original sour mash bourbon. This coming from the people who own the Willet Distillery. You hear Willet, you're like, ooh, that's, that's what, what was that again? I believe. I believe let me clear my throat. <laughs> you're like, dang, that's good stuff. This is an interesting play. Coming in at 90 proof fingers, Malloy. 
is uh, the Kentucky Vintage uh, Bourbon right here. Straight Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey, distilled, aged, and bottled in Kentucky. No age statement on this, but some people think that there's a mix of 6 to 14 years going on here. So this is a mix, a blend of a couple of different bourbons, as is described. And the color on this, I would say that's a little bit of a pale honey. That's, that's fair. My, that was, is, is, am I right about that? That's fair. It's um, sticking to the glass a little bit. You know, a little viscosity going on? A little bit. Put our nose to that, Fingers Boy. Oh, hello. That's, that is syrupy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of alcohol in there on, on the second nose hit. A little bit of caramel. Oh, that's kind. I mean, even with the, <laughs> that, that, that alcohol. <laughs> no, that was me. That was my fault. Um, that alcohol does subside. It's, it's a little bit of a luscious caramel going on. That is not a bad nose at all. No, it's not. And it's not something that that alcohol that you're talking about, you really have to get your nose in there. You know, sometimes where you can uh, get your glass and it'd be six inches away from your nose and you're, it's starting to hit you. It's not like that with this. Yeah, a little bit of wood going on there. That's I'll call that an oak. That is, that is a very, very lovely nose. On on this here, not overwhelming, not overly effervescent, but just just solid. What you would expect from a bourbon with just a little bit of that alcohol hit. The Kentucky Vintage Bourbon. Uh, Fingers Malloy, are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat and then decide whether we're going to add a little bit of water or some ice chips or put it on a big rock. Fingers Malloy is doing the Kentucky Chew. You move it around the palate. Get a feel for it. Sometimes you want to take a second sip, the first sip to set the palate, the second sip to really get the the flavors out of it. Fingers, where are you? It's nice. It's, first of all, barely a sting on the tongue. No real uh, warmth in the chest or burn. Uh, That caramel is still there for me, that oak. Uh, I, I, that... That alcohol on the nose, you're you're not getting that uh, overwhelming alcohol, you know, on the palate. You know, it's it's just it's it's just nice. It's solid. Right, I'm going in. I'm going in right here. The Kentucky Vintage Bourbon. Here I go. Straight uh, whiskey. Straight bourbon, I should say. Straight Kentucky Bourbon whiskey, I should say. Here we go. Here we go. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we call the Saginaw Swish. just really solid i that oak really lingers on the palate that that sweetness kind of goes away but the, the oak stays right. definitely you feel some heat on the tongue almost a cinnamon going on a little bit of heat center chest nothing going down that that that's nice yeah that is a solid simple bourbon that i'm not going to be afraid to put on a rock yeah there's not no fear about that at all. A little buttery, uh, or you know, in terms of just a, a warm. There's a thickness uh, to it. I, I guess buttery is a nice uh, word word for it. Um, not not overwhelming in any way. Um, I would say that finish has some nice bit of wood to it. I guess I'll go back to that oak. Yeah, uh, that that that's in there. It's not playing in in a, in a lot of flavors. Yeah, what it's playing in. I mean, uh, to me, it was that cinnamon. It was a cinnamon on the. On, on, on the tongue for, for sure. 
Um, that's a nice standard bourbon. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that is. A nice standard, easy to drink, easy to sip, neat bourbon. The Kentucky Vintage. The question, Fingers Boy, is this in your liquor cabinet at $29 a bottle? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's solid. It could be an everyday bourbon for you. It to me that it's not nearly as sweet on the palate as it is the nose. Uh, it doesn't have twenty things coming at you. It's just good. It is. It, 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 you, you asked for basic. You got basic, but you got a fullness in in the basic. It would absolutely work for your mixers. This could be in your old fashioned or or, or your Manhattan, and you wouldn't be afraid to put it in there because of twenty nine dollars. Yeah. Let's mix that thing up as opposed to maybe something that costs you 75 80 that you want to make sure you're keeping neat. People are like that. I don't think you have to be like that, but I know that people uh, are like that. I get it. It's psychological. Am I really going to add a mixer? You know, make mixed drinks out of my $80 bourbon? I get your point. You're, you're, you're not alone in that one. This does the job. This absolutely does the job. Uh, that finish, uh, it, 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 it sticks. And I wish... I almost wish there was a little bit of fruit going on, a dark fruit or maybe a citrus, something to kind of kind of blunt what's just stuck on the tongue. It's not that what's on the tongue is bad. It's just, I would love something to, to kind of mix that up a little. And it's oak, right? That's it's wood, what, it, yeah. It, that's what stays there. Yeah. Uh, there isn't any sweetness that lingers. It's, it's oak. And again, I, I think this plays for the entire table. Uh, that, that little bit of alcohol, ethanol on the nose, it, it, it really doesn't uh, overwhelm on, on the palate. It's not there. It's not like, oh, this has really got an alcohol taste to it. Uh, I, I think everyone at the table would be happy to have it. And at that price point, I think it's a no-brainer. $29 a bottle, I'm all in. Oh, at $29 a bottle, you have to be all in. And... and- Remember, there's a point to everything. There's a reason to get something like this and have it in your liquor cabinet. There's a reason to get the higher price stuff and have it in your liquor cabinet. It's for purpose. You will find that there are people who are big collectors. I'm not a big collector. The collection I have is actually too big. It's too much stuff. I don't want it. I don't want it as showpieces. That's not who I am. I know how you can get rid of it. Is that right? Yeah. You know a guy? I know a guy. I want select pieces, select bourbons in my liquor cabinet for specific purposes. This fits that purpose. Yeah, this isn't at the front of the liquor cabinet to show off to everyone in your collection. This is just one you're thinking, oh, I, I want something easy. I want to grab it. You know, if I'm going to have one, uh, it's not a special occasion. It's just solid. Like you said, put it in your Manhattan, put it in your old fashioned. This is the one. Kentucky Bourbon Distillers, the Kentucky Vintage. A nice, easy bourbon, $29 a bottle. $29 a bottle. A bargain at twice the price. In this economy? In this economy. No, I won't, not at twice the price. This is solid. This works all right. Check it out for yourself. Find everything we do at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy, the Kentucky Vintage Bourbon. From Kentucky Bourbon Distillers, 90 proof. It's an easy, easy bourbon at $29 a, a bottle. Fingers, well, you're adding a little bit of water. 
a little bit of water there. A little bit. Now, I usually like a little sweeter bourbon because, unfortunately, I have a huge sweet tooth. Uh, and this is, to me, especially uh, you know, on the palate, it's, it's, it's more oaky. Not a lot of sweetness to this as opposed to, you know, on the nose that you get that caramel. Um, that there's an alcohol uh, on the nose. Doesn't really play like that once you take a sip. Uh, but it's solid, enjoyable. I think it's an everyday bourbon. I think it's something that you could put in your your old-fashioned, your, your Manhattan, and uh, enjoy it. Simple, easy, low-cost, high-yield. That's a win. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute win. But you add a little bit of water to it. Water will bring down the proof. It's actually the only thing you can use to bring down proof. It'll also open the bourbon up. You might get some other flavors. Some things be a little more pronounced. Some things might be a little more muted. And really, it creates like a whole new drink. And it's absolutely worth doing. What do you got? It brought more of that uh, of a spice out. And it actually, I'm getting a little bit of, uh, of caramel on it now that I didn't get before. I put mine on a cube. Winner. Yeah. Winner. Take a sip. Winner. Much more syrupy sweet. Much more caramel. A little bit of that that cinnamon I was talking about is gone from the tongue. It actually comes out later on the fit. Oh, okay. Yeah, better on a cube. Better with water than meat. Yep, absolutely. By far, man. $29 a bottle for this. Uh, You'll be happy. Yes, you will. Yes, you most definitely will. And you might find that for you, you think Fingers and I are the two dumbest people alive. (laughs) It's perfect. Neat, shut up, and then jokes about our mother. Honestly, your palate, your world. We don't get to decide this. There is no right way. There is no official way. It's like eating a hot dog. Ketchup's fine. It's delicious. It's delicious, Fingers. I, I agree. Ketchup is delicious. On a hot dog. When you're a grown man. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Let's go back to Las Vegas, Tony. Can, can we just now? do a whole Las Vegas thing? First of all, you know I got offered a trip to Las Vegas. Did you? Uh, with uh, to, to, to do a little work. Uh, I did. I did. That came today. I haven't told you about that no, yet. No, you have I, not. I, it came. You need an assistant? I might, I might need somebody to, to hold the gear. <laughs> Fingers. Well, well, an interesting thing happened while we were out in Las Vegas. It actually uh, made national news, Tony. I didn't get to see it. No, you did not. A Long Island man is charged uh, in a naked Las Vegas rampage. Uh, he's his family's claiming he was drugged. It all started, happens to me all the time. <laughs> he ended up uh, getting arrested at Harris. I was in Harris at the time. At uh, by the way, we found a great spot. Holy crap! If you are a cigar smoker. It can be frustrating in Vegas. You can smoke in the machines or at the machines, but when you go to smoke at a bar to play machines, play the video poker, a lot of bars will allow you to maybe smoke, but they'll have a little sign that's the size of a postage stamp that'll say no cigars and no pipes. You're not allowed to smoke cigars. Cigarette smokers they allow, but a cigar smoker, you know, a refined gentleman or lady, uh, they, they somehow uh, say uh, no. Yeah. So we were wandering around Harris, and a bartender said, hey, you got to go to the lounge in Harris. And that's the name of it, the lounge at Harris. And I can't thank Javier and Roxana and Ryan and Robert, the whole team over at the lounge. You can smoke cigars. Javier was your guy. Yeah, Javier was my guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can smoke cigars right at the bar. They're there. It feels like every 10 minutes emptying your ashtray. You got... 
Nice selection of, of bourbon and beer. Just a great place to hang out if you're a cigar smoker. Very cool feel. Very 70s, mid-century modern styling to it. The bar stools there are stupid comfortable. Yeah. Cushioned, a little bit of a back, so you don't you don't feel like you can't just sit in your chair and relax. It's not like they're trying to get you to gamble and get out. You can actually lounge there. Now, I wish they had different couches. I didn't uh, think the couches were the were the best. Sorry, sorry Javier. Uh, I, I didn't. But the stools were awesome, and it was super comfortable, and they they kept the drinks coming for you. Yeah, I didn't Mr. spend... Mr. Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner. I didn't spend much time um, on the couch. I was... I was at the bar playing video poker. By the way, you can actually get a little peek of the place. We filmed a, a day two wrap of the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association trade show, and you can find that video over at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. But, but as a lounge man, you're right. Oh. When we found out, because we were looking and we were searching, we, we, we went to this bar and it had the little sign. We're like, ah, oh, come on. And the guy's like, you can smoke around the corner. And we're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and he walked us around and it was like, Oh, exactly. No way. It was unreal. It was unreal. And the best part is, fingers and I are are, are there. Finger, we're set. We're done. The place, I, people. I don't think people knew. No, it's amazing because it's it's kind of in the middle of the casino, and there's a ramp leading up to it, and you see people walking up, and then they split and go in two different directions rather than coming in. And I I said to myself, geez, this is the best kept secret in this casino. I, I'm. I, I want it to succeed, obviously, but part of me is saying, gee, it wouldn't be so bad if it, it stays like this for, for cigar smokers because it's so chill. You, you wouldn't even you hardly, if it weren't for the machines, you wouldn't even know that you were in a casino. So Harrah's, and, and we're not sponsored by Harrah's, which is owned by Caesars, but damn it, we should be. Right. Like, they don't, they sell cigars at Harrah's in some spots, but they don't have a humidor there in the lounge. We want to curate that that humidor for you guys. We'll tell you what to put in. We desperately want to do it. But Harris is interesting because you're a, you're a Vegas guy, mm -hmm. and you're a guy who knows all the spots. You can talk Fremont Street up and down. You know everything. But Harris is a place that used to be a big name and then fell off. But Harris now has Ramsey's Kitchen. So Gordon Ramsey now has one of his namesake restaurants there. It was tremendous. We yes. went. It was terrific. They've got a pretty fantastic food court. The coffee is Lavazza. Uh, Bobby Flay has a burger place. Absolutely. They've got a restaurant on the second floor where you can do breakfast. It's two eggs. It's either sausage or bacon. And it was potatoes. Mm -hmm. All right. Breakfast yep. potatoes. It was $9.99. Yeah. And in Vegas, if you're not doing a buffet, you're like, wait a second. That's that's my spot. Like everything about it. If you wanted the low cost, if you wanted the the, the big player, it was it was really really well done. I think they got to work on the rooms next a, a little bit. Yeah. But like you're like you know what, this could work. Like this could be low cost, high yield kind of scratch all the itches kind of place. I thought it was pretty worthwhile. And it's a great location on the strip. You know, we walk to the Venetian every day. The Palazzo's right there. Canal shops across yep. the street to the Caesars Forum. Right. So it, you know, it was just a, a great place, a great trip overall. But you guys went uh, to, to bed. And I stayed up, and Javier, our guy at the lounge, said, you won't believe what just happened. Uh, a, a guy ran into the casino naked, got on a poker table naked, and, and spread his butt cheeks for everybody to see. And I was like, welcome to Las Vegas. 
This is this is not typical behavior in Vegas. Uh, I'll, I'll guess things you'll never hear on an NPR podcast for five hundred, Mayim. <laughs> I cleaned it up. I said butt cheeks. Yep, I, I said butt cheeks. That's not the first time I've seen anything like this happen, though. Really? At Casino Royale, which is <laughs> right next door, <laughs> right next door uh, on St. Patrick's Day. About oh, geez, must have been fifteen years ago. A guy walked in. Uh, to Casino Royale on uh, St. Patrick's Day with his kilt on, and he just decided, uh, you know, the kilt was a little bulky. So he took it off, threw it on the bar, wasn't wearing anything under the kilt. So it happens. I gotta, you know what, maybe maybe I gotta not take this uh, opportunity that I've been offered in Vegas. Maybe I gotta say no. No, I think you should say yes. Well, maybe I gotta just don't bring your camera. Or my kilt. <laughs> You Clearly. can wear it just for God's sakes. Wear something underneath the kilt. Just keep your clothes on. It's all we're asking in society. Just keep your clothes. It isn't too much, by the way. Fingers the whole time. Totally clothed. Yes. Totally, totally. At least every time I was with him. And mostly sober. Mostly is the operative word. You know, sometimes we're talking about inflation. And you're like, my gosh, will these guys bring us any good news? And then we talk about what's going on. With cigars, we're going to be seeing, I think, price increases in 2024. And you're like, my gosh, can these guys talk about any good news? And it's like, you, you watch the news and you've got Ukraine and, and, and Russia and you got people acting up on airplanes. You're like, my gosh, isn't there any good news? Here's good news. Ten bad habits you probably inherited from your parents. <laughs> Love you. <ya. laughs> it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Here's the deal when it comes to this, too. I know people were listening and we're almost done with the show, and they're thinking, my God, they haven't done one list yet. <laughs> we had to get our quota in. We do love a good list. This list can be filed under duh.com. <laughs> These are not things you got from your parents. These are things that just happen. Although some parents are worse than others on these subjects. Like, number one, Worrying excessively. Your fa your father, uh, the good uh, Mr. Malloy, worry about things? Fingers Malloy Sr., it simply amazes me. He was, uh, it, it, he's still alive. Uh, so I, I'm yes. just saying was, as far as he was the most carefree, happy-go-lucky guy you'd meet. And then he turned 70. And now he worries about everything. And, and things that I think to myself... Why are you even worried about this? He can't help himself. Really? And maybe it's because you're retired and there are less, you know, everyday things to think about. Oh, the, the work stress. Uh, if your house is paid off, you know, the things you normally would worry about when you're younger, you don't have that to worry about anymore. So there's a, a, a compartment in your brain that specializes in worrying. Uh, so the big things you don't have to worry about so much. So now it's the little things he worries so much about. Do the, you find yourself a worrier? I used and I've to known you a long time. You know, we've talked about anxiety stuff and things like that, but that's a that's a different thing. Do you think you're like a, a guy who worries? Uh, there's a reason why my uh, facial hair is all white now and the side of my head is white. But I, you know, it. I that's an anxiety thing. My, whether I got that from my parents, I don't know. I you? don't. I worry. No. Obsess. Like if if I. Solving a problem to me 
there are some things where the answer is just obvious. I do it and I'm done. But I can absolutely still find myself getting into the analysis paralysis. <laughs> yes. I go over it and over it. and over. You've witnessed me do this with the show and with business in general. Every angle, every way, over and over again. Approach it like this, approach it like that. Okay, approach it like this. What does it mean for the next thing? Thinking it through to every last step. Now, in the end, it has actually served me pretty well. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's been a plus. But there's no doubt it has damaged me in some ways. There's no doubt that I have made some moves through that that weren't the right move overall. I am so guilty of analysis paralysis where at some point you you just have to remind yourself, just start doing it. Right. Instead of thinking about it, just the, start. Getting started is everything. One of the things that we preach in my family, where you start is not where you end. Mm-hmm. You start where wherever it is that you are in whatever it is the thing is, whether it's working out, whether it's your job, name it. It's not where you you end is totally up to you. But the only way to get there is to begin doing the thing. That's it. That's all there ever is to it. Uh, Number two on the list is playing the victim. That's not from your parents. My parents have never played the victim. People just love that crap. They do. They bathe in victimhood. To me, I've always uh, preached that where I am, it's because of my decisions and not because of anyone else. And I, I, I wish... More people had that mentality, but unfortunately, as, as we move forward in society, it feels like more and more people want to bathe in victimhood. It's great. It, it, it can't be fun. You watch this. I mean, especially social media plays this up, and it's why you should not pay attention to social media. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. It, it, it's it's got to be an ugly, miserable way to live, man. It, it's got to actually be painful because you got to be doing it all the time. Aren't you tired of whining like a bitch? Aren't you? you, Tell me you're not tired of it. Ooh. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I I don't understand it. There's a lot of other things you can whine about other than your lot in life. Like the weather. Number three, complaining about problems. You're not a complainer. Your fingers, I've known you a long time. You've complained about things. A complainer? No. The only thing I find myself complaining about... And I do my best to stop myself is getting older. Okay, that you complain about, and it's <laughs> and it's freaking annoying. You do complain about that. Yeah, you've got an issue. Oh my gosh, I'm going gray. Oh my gosh, my knee hurts. Oh my gosh, great- my gout. Yep. Well, that's true. Uh, the gout. <laughs> the, the gout is the problem. But honestly, the the the, the graying started at. 20 years old, especially the facial hair, that doesn't really bother me anymore. But, you know, carrying around a bunch of weight as you age creates a whole bunch of problems. Your knees, gout, like you said, that's where I notice I I complain and I have to stop myself because nobody wants to be around a person that does that. Now, this one is real. Having toxic beliefs around money. My wife is like this. My wife did not come from money. My wife put herself through college. It has always been a subject that she cannot break from. We went through very, very bad times. I lost everything I owned. Lost it all. It was brutal. It wasn't for Craigslist. Back in the day, my kids would not have had clothes. It's an absolutely true story. Now that we've, I mean, I I don't lie about it. We've hit a, a level of success. 
she has a hard time with it. She has a hard time with allowing herself. She is still buying sneakers secondhand. Oh, wow. She can't. She cannot bring herself. I, I, I do. I, I do have to, to push her on things. Is this a female thing? Uh, not, 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 not what you're talking about. I, I'm pivoting a little bit. Women seem to be okay wearing used shoes. I can't even stand going to the bowling alley and using the bowling alley shoes, let alone uh, purchasing shoes that I know have been worn I don't several know. times I, by someone else. But it I, seems like I, women don't have, don't have a problem. Oh, can I borrow your shoes? Can I? You, I, I Okay, I've never noticed. No, no, I've never, I've never noticed that. Never noticed that at at at, at all. I, 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 it's not the direction I thought you were going to go. <laughs> I think, I think for her, in, in that because of how we decided to set up our lives, my wife is a stay-at-home mother, mm-hmm. and it's extremely, extremely important to us. This was a decision we made that, while the second income would have been very, very helpful, yeah, it was more helpful. To have one of us home and really raising these kids right. It was going to have better long-term effects for us. We made this decision. We accepted the sacrifice. I think part of the reason she does what she does is because, A, it's a part of her growing up. It's a part of her commitment to the family and how she ensures she isn't hurting the family. The kids can get new shoes. I'm good. Drives, admittedly, it drives me crazy. I am not saying you got to be buying yourself Balenciagas. I am uh, Jimmy Choo's. I'm saying, I, I just mentioned two brand fingers. I have no like, idea what, what you're just happened about. here. <laughs> what just happened? Um, is, is that a kind of new kind of poker in Vegas? <laughs> I want to play. Um, I think that is some of it. But the toxic belief, and it's not even a question of toxic belief about money, it's about how you allow yourself to recognize, you know what? It's not what it used to be. You can't. It's okay to, to get yourself a pair of shoes. Not a hundred pairs. It's okay to get yourself a pair yeah. of shoes. It's also okay to get yourself Kentucky Vintage Bourbon. $29 a bottle on the cube. Right on. And the cigar. El Patron, the, the Laguito number six from 85. 80 number five cigars. This is Chad Ochocinco. This is his new cigar brand, the Ecuadorian Habano, six and a half by 56, a classic medium. This was a very good, easy smoke. Impressed. Impressed. He might have actually come across something. He may have put together something that people are going to buy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.